Hello, we're glad you joined us for Stand Up Be Heard, the podcast. At Ford's Theater, we believe in the power of storytelling and using our voices. On this podcast, you'll hear student voices and perspectives about issues that are important to them. We invite you to open up, check any biases, and hear what they have to say. Hello, my name is Talia Penn, and I am one of the researchers on the Changing World podcast. Hello, my name is Rahel Ben, and I am the host of the Changing World podcast. Today, we have the author of This Is My America, Kim Johnson, with us. Kim Johnson held leadership positions in social justice organizations as a teen. She's now a college administrator who maintains civic engagement throughout the community while also mentoring Black students, activists, and leaders. Yeah, so great to be on this podcast. Um, I'm Kim Johnson, author of This Is My America, which is my debut novel that deals with um, wrongful incarceration uh, cases in this country. I'm also an administrator and interim vice provost at the University of Oregon, and I have worked with um, undergrads and uh, at undergraduate levels for the past 20 years. And my work around social justice organization has started when I was a, a young person being involved in um, clubs and organizations and youth NAACP chapter all the way through college. Um, and now I see myself more as helping young people at my university and community be engaged and amplify their voices and help them think about how to use their own, um, their own voice in, in activism for the things that they're passionate about. Do you think the BML protests were effective? And what sense do you think it was? Yeah, I I do think that they were um, effective in a lot of ways. Um, it mobilized all across the country um, for this sort of second iteration. And I said the, fir- the first wave of the Black Lives Matter movement really began um, late 2014, early 2015, um, after the death of, of Mike Brown and um, shortly after um, the uh, cases came out with Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman's, George Zimmerman's innocence. Um, and that work and that mobilizing never stopped. Um, that work continued. Um, and, and I think it was that groundwork, um, that organizing, those connections within the community that allowed the next opportunity to be very vocal um, in a very visible way um, after the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, And I I think it was effective for a couple of different things. I think it was effective because there was a pandemic and people were forced to sit at home and not turn the channel and not go to the coffee shop and the bookstore and the mall and all the other things that are um, ways in which our society can ignore the harm and pain that has impacted um, black and brown communities, um, I think since the beginning of our country's beginning. Um, And it it forced people um, to see that. And um, 
the back-to-back level, um, I think, between George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and um, even um, the um, dog park case, I, I, the names escaping me that was in California, all of those things sort of hitting the news in a way that the other cases that occurred uh, they happen every day. For uh, Let me just say that. This happens every day. Um, but in terms of media, in terms of media coverage and it being very visible, they, ha- they happen in these sort of waves that, that the mobilization and the impact of, of paying attention um, wasn't there. And it was that groundwork, again, the mobilizing that had been ongoing that allowed that connection and that space for for it to occur and not just for a day and not just for a weekend, but there are still cities in this country today where people are protesting and engaging around Black Lives Matter. Um, One of the biggest challenges though, I think with any sort of organizing and mobilizing is who is the voice, right? Who is the voice who is saying what people are, are wanting to occur? And I think that that's an issue often with a lot of movements, is that without that sort of mobilizing that it can, it can occur at a national level where people can say this is the speaker, um, sometimes it does make it harder. Um, I think that that actually is an advantage that we can take on because we have had leaders in our country who have been the voice. Um, and uh, often you fight that by tr- trying to break, take down that voice. Right. We saw it with Dr. King. We saw it with um, Malcolm X. I mean, we, we, we have seen it in our history um, where that has occurred. And I think that actually is the beauty of the Black Lives Matter movement, because it is a hashtag. It is an organization. It is a concept. And you can take one down, but the other one still lives and thrives for your own interpretation. Um, but if we really do want change, we do need it at um, a level of what the bigger message is. We have seen things occur that um, we've never thought, <laughs> I think, could could actually occur. I mean, and just being able to say abolition, um, which is, you know, you can have a lot of interpretations of what abolition is. Um, some is sort of the, they're like, there should be no prisons. Um, others is just like black freedom as, as just a, a complete um, concept. Um, but that term of abolition in terms of the, the prison industrial complex is something that, um, you know, I, I've even heard Angela Davis, who has written a book on a book on this, never imagined it for it to be in the vernacular of like common, common um, knowledge and topic. And so I think in some ways it's changed. I'll look at my state and then I'll, um, I'll stop talking. My state in particular, after the Black Lives Matter um, movement and organize, you know, organizing that occurred. Um, we just recently passed a law that you can't, um, that we will no longer criminalize um, those that have been arrested, those that have been arrested for um, drug infractions. And that's not sort of the, the, the selling and those kinds of things, but actually um, they're looking at as a public health issue. And so let's treat it like a public health issue in terms of treatment rather than incarceration. Um, and there's lots of different things that have sort of occurred. There's a lot more to go, but I definitely think that it was successful in a way that we didn't, uh, we weren't able to really fully see and actualize with the first iteration. Do you think the BLM protests were taken seriously? 
I think it's yes and no. That's a hard question. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I, you know, I think that there was more openness. Um, there's more people willing to actually say Black Lives Matter. I mean, I recognize just even five years ago for me to even say it on my campus as an administrator um, would be looked at as politicizing an issue. And now people don't say it as it's politicizing an issue. People actually are recognizing that um, it's just asking for a recognition of our own humanity, um, that it's not saying that anyone else is better than the others. I think the example of the um, insurrection that occurred on January 6th was a really clear demonstration that it wasn't, it was never really about all lives matter because um, they wouldn't have attacked and harmed actual Capitol police officers. If that was really the case, it really was about being anti-Black. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of places um, did take, want to make change with Black Lives Matter. But unfortunately, the spin and how you can sort of frame and storytelling, that's why I, I really you know, even without any of this stuff sort of like happening, I really found wanting to tell my story. And this is my America with having Tracy as a budding journalist to inspire young people to see that actually there is power in using your voice in media and journalism. And, and, and we need you in this field and space, because if we look at my state again, as an example, when people think about Portland, Oregon, they don't necessarily think about Black Lives Matter, they think of all those sort of like fake news and um, like Antifa is taking over the state of Oregon. And it's like, it's like a half a block. And most people in, who live in Portland, they tell me like, we don't even see them. We don't even like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, but it's this, it's this messaging where you can try to break down individuals again, because, you know, you can sort of group and lump people as part of an organization. I mean, we saw that with the Black Lives, I mean, sorry, the Black Panther Party, Party, where you have other people and they try to sort of represent them as other, you know, organizations. And um, I think in that way, um, they wouldn't do that if they actually didn't take uh, Black Lives Matter as serious, because, um, you know, if you if you see it as an actual powerful organization, you wouldn't try to take it down and sort of like, you know, break down um, what it's doing um, for it. But it's it's hard because it's it's still there's a still there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of change that needs to occur. Um, and, you know, some states, I think, are, are much more aware and, and paying attention that they want to be able to make change. But if we look at all of the. Um, the positive things that have happened, um, buildings, I mean, um, um, statues, Confederate statues that have came down, um, I think Mississippi changing its flag. I mean, who would ever believe that that would ever occur? I never in my life would I think that they would, you know, finally recognize like, wow, we do need to change our flag to not actually show the, conf the Confederate flag, um, to represent us. So, do you feel like they could have been more effective? Uh, more effective? Um, I mean, it's hard to critique. It's hard to critique something that um, that also came out organically. Um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, again, a hashtag, an organization, a movement, um, 
those are those are three different things. And, you know, I think the the effectiveness of it is that it could include more people. You, you don't have to feel like you're a member, you're a, cha- a chapter member of the, of the Black Lives Matter movement. And every third Saturday, you're meeting and organizing. Um, you don't actually have to do that to be engaged in the larger picture of Black Lives Matter movement. And so, and so in that way, I think it is very effective because if something happens with the organizational leaders or critiques, which there are critiques and um, things occurring right now to try to st- at least you know, take care of that, of, of um, breaking down the leadership in that way is that you actually, people, well, most people, most people who are protesting have never been to a Black Lives Matter movement meeting <laughs> um, as part of the organization. They've met with their community. They've met with their friends. They have gone down to other local organizations. And so I think in that way actually is really, really effective. Um, but again, you do you do need to have what is the um, stance and the, the Black Lives Matter organization does actually have a stance. You can go to their website. It is very clear about what they believe and what they are fighting for and what they are organizing and, and mobilizing for. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the voice of, of Black Lives Matter and where we need to go. And, and I do think that there we do need we do need more leaders to actually um, work together across areas. And so that's anywhere from the Urban League to um, National Action Network to, you know, NAACP to, you know, large organizations that are meeting and, and wanting to, that, that are trying to get access to legislatures who can actually represent them and make change, which is that's where actually the change happens. Um, which can occur at a city level, a state level, and a federal level. And I'm very interested in things happening at the federal level, while I do think it's still important that at least we, you can impact your community and make change in your particular community. Are you happy with what was accomplished? I am. Um, you know, I, there has been progress, and that's important. Um, I'm, I I can't critique, uh, you know, that there should have been more because, um, there should be more. We know that there should be more. Um, there should be a lot more. We shouldn't be dealing with these same issues that, that we have continued to deal with. Um, I, I think we should be proud of what happened. And I think that the work is just beginning. Thank you for joining us today and our podcast, The Changing World. This was a great discussion. We love your book and look forward to your future projects. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you'll check out our other episodes. 